This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody. It's not human intelligence. If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Monday, February 26th. This is episode 196. I am Dan Ellis. I'm Ryan Duffy. I'm Matt. And we're talking to you. What'd you guys do over the last week? I sold my house. Yay! On the market for three days. Woohoo! So yeah, I get to move. Were you looking to sell super quick? Yeah. Yeah, because you already have, you have you a another house under up, contract so, and I yeah. have to sell my house to move into the other house since I use the VA. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because then you can only have one loan outstanding, right? Yeah, Was well, your much. first home VA loan? Yeah, my first one was a VA loan. Yeah. So it just helps with the VA approving all your stuff. I'm like, oh, he's selling the other house. So yeah, we'll, we'll approve it versus, oh, he's going to have two VA loans out. I guess it's harder to get approval on yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know if you can even have two VA loans. You can. There's stipulations in it as far as how long you have to have lived in the house. Oh, yeah. In order to be able to move over to I a I bet we're going to get an email yeah. from Purple Dragon about it. <laughs> no, well, because I have a buddy that that he had bought a house, lived in it for a number of years. Now he uses it as a rental property, but he sells a VA loan on that house. Hmm. Uh-huh. I see. So, so unless, he's, unless he's doing it illegally. <laughs> <laughs> but so you your new place, is it close to where you were before? Yeah, it's a, it's a mile down the road. Oh, nice. Still in the same neighborhood? That so it'll be an, an easy, quick move. Yeah. Uh, but bigger, newer house. So you don't need any help with the move? I, I d- don't think so. Oh, well, that, that's good. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I know what's going to come next. I'm like, oh, you want to help? Like, ah, well. <laughs> no, I'd be happy to help if you need it. I, I have a truck, but the bed is full of snow right now. Yeah, we're just going to get a... Rent a U-Haul, load it all up in one day. But once once we get all the paint and carpet and everything done, we'll probably have to just have people come over for a barbecue or something. Yeah, nice housewarming party. Yeah. Yes. That sounds delightful. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Anything else? That's just, that's about it. Just trying to sell the house. I mean, that's. Oh, been, yeah. Well, and you've been prepping your, I mean, you've been packing been and packing prepping your stuff own house. And, and trying to make sure stuff is cleaned up, touching up paint where paint need to be touched up to make the house look as presentable as possible, cleaning the rugs. And then yeah. avoiding the house when people want to come in to see it. So taking Oz for car rides. Yeah, that sucks, right? Having yeah, to be out of the house while people are there looking through horrible. it and stuff. Yeah. Especially when this morning it was one from nine to 10 and one from 10 to 11 and then one from four to five. So it was like, okay, wake up and I guess we'll- Roll get, out of bed and go somewhere. Go get my car registered this morning <laughs> and then fuck around with the dog for a while and yay. Uh-huh. And you, Matt? Um, I brought a thought. Oh yeah, Ooh. it's not about uh, shitty humans because that took too long. <laughs> Sarah like did, Sarah did like that. She she appreciated that. She wants you to do it more often. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I I enjoyed that talk a lot as oh. well. She hmm. thought it was really funny. Interesting. Is so, she introvert and an introvert kind of or? Not really. No. I don't think I've I've never met her. I mean, I? she's a reporter. You never her, met Sarah? Really? Uh-uh, I don't oh. think so. Her 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 job is to go interview people. For oh, okay. 
and take photos of them for a living, pretty much so. So she just thinks my pain is funny. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. We all do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bring it on. <laughs> no, but I, so I, I, I was thinking this week because I heard the, 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 uh, the, the phrase, you know, so-and-so sold their soul for whatever. And it's, mm-hmm. so I just wrote down a couple of thoughts about the, that whole thing about doing that, like, uh, selling your soul in exchange for some skill or talent. Mm. Why the hell isn't God giving these out? In the first place, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if he's the good one, why can't we sell our soul to him for the things we want? Yeah, why right, is he fucking yeah. holding back? Yeah. I thought it was always God-given talent. Yeah, there is that, too. Yeah. But in this case, it's like, doesn't God want to give us the things we want? Yeah. Well, I just want to hear someone say it's a devil-given talent now. Well, right. well, and yeah, why would, why would you have to... Why is God favoring some people over others? Like, why would he bless somebody with being born in America to affluent parents who can send them to a great school and then they learn this wonderful talent they have for singing or playing some instrument that leads them to fame versus some poor unfortunate child who's born in Africa who's starving to death. Oh, the shithole. Well, that's because they were born in the wrong country with the wrong skin tone. They live in a shithole, right? Yeah, Yeah. like Matt said, yeah. Well, like Trump said. (laughs) Put that on me. But but yeah, I mean, like, why? and, And why would God just sit there and watch while people have to go beg his enemy for skills that, you know, like playing guitar, for example, is not necessarily something you need to deal with the devil about. God could mm. do that. What the fuck is he doing? Or a fiddle. Yeah. Or a fiddle. <laughs> yeah. What is he doing? Why is why is he depriving us all the time? He hates us. He hates us all. It's just it's just an it's just an interesting phrase. He's the bad guy. He is. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, Anything yeah. else? I mean, I do have something else, but <laughs> do what it. Is it. Come on, do it. Uh, so <laughs> it's not really about people, uh. but like, is it about dogs? No, I just remember that like there used to be no commercials on YouTube. Oh yeah, mm. no, it's and all then over. Yeah. they started like five to ten second commercials, mm. and and you could and then you could skip them. And mm. then they started doing it where they were making 30 second spots and you could skip some of them. Dude, over this last week, three different five minute fucking commercials <laughs> that you couldn't skip. That you can't skip. Oh, five wow. fucking minutes. And one of them was the really? stupid. Wow. Yeah, dude. Holy one of them shit. was some stupid diet weight loss woo woo bullshit thing that I, I haven't even watched it because I didn't. I skipped my own video. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking sit <laughs> wow. through this. And another one was a stupid fucking Sasquatch family selling mattress covers <laughs> for five fucking minutes. Uh. Hi, I'm a mom. The hardest job. Oh, and, that's the purple mattress. Yeah, that thing. bullshit, uh. dude. Five fucking minute spot. And then, and then, uh, and you couldn't skip it. And then, no, you can't skip them. Oh, wow. And then another one where there was four college kids in a, some sort of weird fantasy about what our life would be like if our currency was pop tarts. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, what the fuck, man? They just uh, want to get them dollars. I'm sorry. That, that sucks, man. I have YouTube red, so I don't watch commercials. Yeah, you know, I knew that was going to come up. And I think it's a good example of when, when people are left to their own devices and they have a position of power, how you give them an inch, they'll take a fucking mile mm-hmm. until we can start regulating. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's what, that's when regulations come in. When people start putting five minute fucking commercials on YouTube. <laughs> 
Yeah, I I feel your pain, man. I I have YouTube Red, and it really fucking bothers me when I'll I'll switch over my account online mm. to oh, yeah. the the TGR podcast yeah. account when I post our shit out on YouTube, and I'll see a video that looks interesting. Just you know, they they have the the little clips like little little thumbnails yeah. with whatever that might they think might interest you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's that looks interesting, and I click on it, and it starts playing ads, and I'm like, oh fuck, right. Yep. I don't have YouTube Red on the TGR account. Here's the best part. Hmm. At the end, yeah, they put up links to suggested other commercials <laughs> <laughs> that they think I might want to watch because I spent the last five fucking minutes watching this one, so clearly I'm interested. Well, which which one did you choose? I chose get the fuck off my screen. I want to watch this murder show. Ah. <laughs> uh, Oh, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. I uh I, I decided to go red as well, so I skipped commercials too. Yeah, well well I just have YouTube red because I I signed up for the Google music thing. Yeah. And which automatically comes with YouTube Red. But I did it because of the family plan and so my kids use the Google music well, some of them do, not all of them use it. Some you know, some of them prefer Spotify or whatever, but so that's why I initially signed up for it and it just came with YouTube Red by dint of having yeah. the other thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Now I don't have to watch fucking commercials anymore. That's awesome. I did it for the three months free, but now that I like, ah, oh, let's take three, three months of this for free. And I'm kind of like, I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's much better, but that isn't that kind of shitty though, that like, well, we're going to give you a, ta- like they've, they've yeah. gotten you hooked. They're, yeah. they're drug dealers. It's their Coke. Yeah. We're going to give you a taste. Maybe maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll come back for more. I, now I'm just shoving my face in it. I now think that's the, that's the plan. Oh. They slowly make commercials more and more intrusive, longer and longer. Like To force you they, to want to pay they for They fucking yeah. know that nobody's going to want to sit through five-minute commercial. That's why commercials were 30 seconds, because yeah. they know mm-hmm. that's that's the, the limit. So if they can put them on there for five they make fucking movie commercials, people are going <laughs> to have to move. They're going to go to something else, right? You know? Yeah. God, and dude, uh, t- they're fucking nonsense. <laughs> they're so stupid. That purple mattress one, <laughs> at the end of it, was literally 20 seconds of a fucking midget in a costume trying to get his clothes off of a fucking clothes <laughs> line out in the woods. Just jumping. It's too tall for the little guy. <laughs> yeah, he was just jumping and trying to get it. I was like, why do I need to see this for 20 seconds? <laughs> just to annoy you. <laughs> well, the worst is the worst is still Facebook, though. A 30-second ad in the middle of a 15-second vi- mm. video clip. Ew. Yeah. I hate when they do that. Yeah. That's, that's no bueno. Uh, over the yeah. last week, I just worked. Work has been really busy. And trying to get some shit sorted out with how we're reporting different things to our users. Uh, so that's been kind of a nightmare. And then just working around the house, installing light switches and swapping out light bulbs. and. Yeah, I got most of that wrapped up today. Well, you guys arrived and saw part yeah. of the mess. <laughs> you should have seen it like a half hour before you guys got here. Like there was shit scattered from hell to breakfast all over the place, man. Wrappers, <laughs> wrappers for new LED tube lights for my old CFL yeah. tube yep. things. Uh, not, not compact, just the fluorescent tubes yeah. that go up in there. And apparently... So the bulbs I ordered, the LED 
long bulb things that I ordered to go in those are supposed to be universal and work in whatever. Ooh. And of course they um, fucking don't. They don't fucking work at all. They there's a little bit of a flickering dim light in any of them that I put in there. So I don't know if the light fixtures are fucked or well, if the bulbs the, are fucked. They're universal or... for five different models. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. So this weekend, I'm sure I'll be going out and buying new light fixtures to put new bulbs in because I don't like having the but, the yeah. fluorescent lights in there. Because they're all, I mean, they're all old and the you know half the bulbs are burned out. The shit yeah. that we have in the in the laundry room. Is like one of the big industrial fluorescent light okay. things that takes sucks four, a lot of juice. Yeah, well, and it takes four bulbs in there. Yeah, only two of which will ever work at any given time. They're not burned out. They just only two of them will work for whatever reason. Huh. But it's recessed into the ceiling also. So to replace that, and I'm gonna have this big fucking hole in the ceiling. You're gonna be doing some mudding. Yeah, huh? Gonna do some sheetrock and mudding and painting mm-hmm. and wiring and light installation. Yeah, it's gonna be fucking nightmare something that i started but the rest of it is all really cool like the switches and shit that i've got all done now fucking awesome i'm totally digging at creating scenes and stuff i created a scene for the podcast that we you know i said podcast is starting or whatever and it turns on the lights in the kitchen and the entryway and down in the hallway and into the studio here and then when i'm done i can just say podcast is over and it turns all of those off and uh, you know, when I, I, I've, I'm using the, if this, then that app on my phone so that when I leave the house, it turns off the interior lights, turns on the exterior lights. If, if it's dark, only if it's dark. Okay. And then when I get home, it leaves the exterior lights on, but turns on the interior lights of the next location that I'd be going to. Like when we get home, typically it's in the evening and the dogs have been locked in their kennels. So it turns on the kitchen light from the mudroom into the kitchen and down the hallway into our bedroom turns on those lights and then the then the exterior lights where the dogs go out it's just it's really cool it's funny though because <laughs> because i've also scheduled things for in the evening when we'll go to watch a movie or watch television or whatever that it turns off everything except like one light for some ambient light in the background and then when we're getting ready to go to bed, there's another scheme that turns on the lights for the path that we typically travel to go up to the bedroom. And then when we go to bed, there's another one that turns off everything except the exterior lights. And so when, we, when we're getting ready to go to bed and I hit the thing and it turns on these lights for whatever, we start traveling around the house, let the dogs out, go and set up coffee for the morning, whatever. And Tracy's walking along behind, turning all the lights off. And I'm like, what are you doing? Well, you're going to get out of the habit of turning off lights and then you're going to go somewhere and you're just going to leave every fucking light on wherever you go. And I'm like, Like, they turn off when I leave. That's not how it works. Like, I know I'm at home. I don't have to do that because I have these things. Right. But then you'll get used to just not turning the lights off and then you'll look like a dick. And I'm like, (laughs) really? I think that's, that's not a real concern you should have. Uh, Yeah. She's just kind of funny about it. She keeps, she's manually turning off all the switches and I'm like, don't do that. I want to test the things that I've set up, man. Just kind of funny. So the moral of the story is everybody should get a Tracy. Yeah, well, she keeps me in check. Well, no, she'll follow Usually. you. Someone to follow you around the house to turn, turn lights off on the and lights. Off. <laughs> Got this new automatic light system, bro. Check it out. Yeah, <laughs> this new automatic lightning, this new automatic lighting control system called Tracy. <laughs> this is Doctor Dan, Matt's boss from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, and you are listening to the Godless Revolution.
Oh, shit. Did I say revolution? I mean revolution. Bloody Americans fucking up the language. You can edit that, right, Spike? What is going on? Or just sneak up on somebody like that, you know what I mean? If you wanted a beer, why didn't you just say so? Because I can't be myself in front of that guy. He makes me uncomfortable. It's like driving next to a cop. He's just a priest. He's not. He's not just a priest. Priests don't wear normal clothes and play basketball. They're old and ugly and mean and boring. You are the one who told me to go to him. Yes, I told you to go to him. Maybe once or something, not bring him in here. I think you are overreacting. Okay, well, how's this for overreacting? I forbid you to ever see him again. Mm-hmm. Father Zach has been so helpful to me in my darkest hour. That's what they do. They find the weakest person they can and make him feel like the chosen one. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. Welcome back. I'm really excited about what we're going to be doing for the month of March. We've all heard of, well, we three have all heard of, and I'm <laughs> sure most of our listeners have heard of March Madness for the NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah. I don't know. I was, just, I was just looking the other day, and we have a decent amount of UK, Australia, and German listeners. That might not know. Maybe. So so March Madness is a thing. It's the NCAA basketball tournament. It's co- oh, it's, it's a, a thing, is it? It's a, it's a college basketball tournament where they go from, what is it, Sweet 16 to the, what is the eight? Elite uh, eight. Elite eight. And Final then four. Final four. And then you go to the NCAA championship basketball tournament. And it's all throughout the month of March. There's, you know, all kinds of prize pools and gambling, gambling all around it. And people like to watch. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun for some people. I've never really paid a whole lot of attention to it, but it's this thing every year. It's March Madness, March Madness. And so I thought, well, we should do something for March Madness. And I thought we should do March Mormon Madness. So we are. Yeah. We're doing it. We're, we're going to talk about some crazy fucking Mormon stuff this month. Sometimes we think of ideas and never do them, but we're doing this one. <laughs> we have guests lined up for <laughs> upcoming shows. In fact, well, I teased it to our, I teased it to our group out on Facebook yeah. for the Godless Revolution community and said that we're, we've got some awesome guests lined up for the month that I'm very excited about. Uh, to let the rest of you know now, we have next week, Mr. Aaron Ra will be calling in as our guest for the show. Awesome. The following week, we have Bryce Blankenagel from the Naked Mormonism podcast. The funnest name in atheism. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a whole lot of fun. Bryce is a great guy. And the week after that, we have Jeremy Runnels, who is the author of the CES letter, will actually be in studio with us. Even more fun. Very, recording that. I'm really looking forward to that. He's, he, he sounded like he was pretty excited about and it as well. So. And he stirred up a lot of shit in the Mormon community. Oh, yeah. He ended up getting excommunicated recording that. Uh, he wrote the CES letter and has written several rebuttals from people who have, you know, challenged what he's written in there. It's, it's awesome. Jeremy's a great guy. I really look forward to having him in the studio. That should be a lot of fun. Like I said, Bunch of fun guests lined up for the month. It should be awesome. What does Bryce break an ankle do? He <laughs> <laughs> breaks ankles. Oh, okay. That'll be fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that a whole lot. Um, as part of that, there are some Mormon things that have been sitting in my inbox that I've noticed. 
and I thought, oh, it'll be a lot of fun to tear this apart. The most recent one, I haven't actually even read the article yet, <laughs> but I just know it's got to be so stupid that it's going to be a lot of fun to tear it apart. And so I'm going to enlist your guys' help. Okay. I like to break stuff. In going over this. It is the five answers to difficult questions about Noah and the flood mm -hmm. as I, seen through the eyes of a devout Mormon. I think the most difficult, there should only be one question. Why the fuck do you believe this shit? <laughs> uh, because everybody told me that that's what happened, and so I just believe them. And then when I run into things that don't make sense, I just fall back on what the elders are saying. Also, is that uh, an ark, or is that your fucking weird neighbor's house sitting on a loaf of bread? It kind of looks like the Wienermobile for <laughs> oh yeah for Wiener Schnitzel, right? Or Oscar it's, Mayer? Or, uh, yeah, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. It's the Oscar yeah. Mayer House Mobile. <laughs> So this is from LDSliving.com and is written by Stephen O. Smoot. <laughs> and O is his middle initial. It's not some fucked up Irish name. No, no, o no. Smoot. Yeah. It's, it's not Stephen O. Smoot. <laughs> Stephen O. Smoot. <laughs> and I saw, so when I first saw this, uh, one of my friends on Facebook tagged me in a post where one of their LDS friends had posted this, and they're like, Stephen O. Smoot is the man. Oh, <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. And, and one of my friends uh. just, you know, tagged me, tagged my name in a comment on this. And I was like, oh, that should be a whole lot of fun to tear apart. And I haven't even read the article yet, so. So this is a live ripping. Yes, a live ripping. I, I was planning on, you know, one day getting to the point where I had time enough to go through and write fancy stuff like Matt does, but I just haven't had the time to do that. So, yeah, I'd like your guys' help in addressing some of the finer points of this. Uh, it starts out and it says, The account of Noah's flood in Genesis 6-8 to has long fascinated readers of the Hebrew Bible or the Christian Old Testament. <laughs> if you're fucking stupid. <laughs> Let me put some parentheses here, you fucking idiots. Additionally, Latter-day Saints, that's the Mormons, <laughs> Benefit from restored details, restored details. And he, d he didn't bother to clarify that the Latter-day Saints are Mormons. <laughs> no, no. Well, you did that. But it's he... on LDS. Li yeah, oh, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. This is, this is on LDSliving.com. So. Okay. And LDS, for, for people who don't know, the, the full and proper name of the Mormon church is the Latter-day... The Church of Jesus Christ church, of yeah. Latter-day Saints. Yeah, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So more than a fucking mouthful. Everybody calls yeah. them Mormons or just says LDS. Mm -hmm. um, so this says additionally Latter-day Saints benefit from restored details of Noah and the flood contained in the book of Moses in the Pearl of Great Price Oh, the book of Moses chapter 8 and was that delivered from God just to the Mormons uh, to Joe Smith yeah. Yeah. yeah okay as part of the, the so the Mormons have what they call the quad yeah which is the Bible specifically the King James version of the Bible the Pearl of Great Price, the Book of Mormon, and the Doctrine and Covenants. So it's four books of just nonsense. <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> I think I might have mentioned it on the show before. My father has recently converted oh. back to yeah. being very Mormon, and he secreted away my children during one visit to his house to give them each a copy of the Quad. Oh, really? Yeah. So he he he's like... You know, we're all in the living room talking, whatever, and he motions to my kids. He's like, hey, come here. I want to show you guys something. <laughs> so it's my penis. He leads, <laughs> he leads them away. He's not Catholic. So he, he leads them away. and He calls it Joey's top hat. 
<laughs> leads them away and they disappear whatever tracy and and me and my grandmother are left in the living room and we're just talking and i don't discover what my father had shown had had showed or given them until the ride home because he took them you know to some other part of the house and gave them each a copy of the mormon quad and then they took it outside and they put it in the car. Keep it secret. They didn't bring Keep it yeah, safe. They didn't, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't bring it into the living room. Like, we don't want an argument to happen Where tonight. we could all talk about what <laughs> yeah. just happened. Because they knew what was going to happen if that happened. Yeah, and my father breaking some pretty serious boundaries with me. He doesn't want to have the conversation with me. He yeah. wants to have the conversation with my kids, who he thinks Without you know, you there. may still be susceptible to falling into the clutches of the LDS faith, though yeah, they're he's, both he's preying on them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they're both really fucking smart kids. They they they're both out and about atheists. Yeah. They know a lot about uh, you know various religions and everything. And you can tell by his behavior he knows it's not innocent. Oh right. Yeah. Uh, that he know? that he knows he's doing something that would be frowned upon. Yeah, he's being a fucking rascal. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you rascally grandpa, you. <laughs> so he gives them this. I don't even remember where I was going to go with all of this, but yeah, the Mormons have their own four book Trilogy. series, including the Bible. Yeah. Uh, but there, are, and so going back to the article here, it says, but there are, there are still many questions about the flood that readers of the Bible, LDS or otherwise, I'm guessing he means whether they are LDS, not the LDS yeah. version of the Bible. Right. Have raised and grappled with. Here are five such questions that are worth pondering as one encounters this remarkable myth. Well, he just said myth. Well, myth, but then well, also it has, it has a myth with an asterisk. And then below that in parentheses, it says, note, I use the word myth here not to mean <laughs> a story that is false or made up. Not the traditional well, sense. What, yeah. I'm going to do a false or made up definition of the word myth. Yeah. <laughs> but in the academic sense of a sacred story involving God's interactions with humankind and the world that attempts to communicate timeless truths. <sighs> so if is Greek mythology, is that the academic sense of it actually fucking happened? Nope. No. Oh, well no. then. No. He's making that shit up. <laughs> Yeah, are there academics who use the, the word, word myth, myth differently? In, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, not, I, don't, not, I don't think so either. Not in. I mean, that you, they use the word myth in terms of this is the weird shit that they believed about mythicism, mm -hmm. or or I shouldn't use that word because that's the about supernatural stuff. But yeah. um, I don't think academics use it in terms of involving God's interactions with humankind and the world that attempts to communicate timeless truths. Right. So I, I think what he's doing is... Because we, we would call those facts. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and I think he's kind of playing into, you know, when people, when people say, well, you know, the Big Bang and evolution is just a theory. People who, right. yeah. people who aren't using scientific terms equate theory with... Something conjecture. that isn't really, yeah, like with a thesis, right? Instead of a hypothesis, yeah, right. But in science, theory is something different. So I think mm -hmm. that's what he's trying to smuggle in here. Mm -hmm. uh, he's trying to smoot that right in there. <laughs> the first, the first uh, big headline here says, "What are three? Why are there non-biblical <laughs> flood traditions that parallel Genesis?" There's flood traditions. There, there are. Uh, well, they, they we'll were they were says. written. There was floods written about by other uh, 
Oh, sure, yeah. By oh, other cultures. When, when, I, when, yeah, I, when yeah. I was hearing tradition, I'm thinking like, I'm like, like Christmas? Well, <laughs> non-biblical. So, so other groups of people, in, you know, well, in that area have yeah, also made, they also made records of the flood of that area yeah. that aren't in the Bible. Yeah, they're non-biblical, but they're still theological. Sure. Well, maybe mm, not all of them. Not like, necessarily. The, the Epic of Gilgamesh is still a theological. Sure. And but that's the only probably... other case I can think of where it actually has the similar... Well, there are probably other flood stories just talking about an actual flood. An actual flood, yeah. Well, and the other thing he's assuming there is that the biblical story wasn't pulled from some book like Gilgamesh, Mm -hmm. which already existed. Mm -hmm. Which already existed, and they're very remarkably close. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so he's assuming that these are separate records, maybe. I don't know, maybe he'll say it is pulled from it. So this says, with the rediscovery of the great civilizations of Mesopotamia, including... Sumer, Babylonia, and Assyria in the 19th century came a deluge of long-lost texts and myths. Surprisingly, this included a number of stories involving heroes surviving catastrophic floods. Surprisingly? Is it really? Is it a surprise? No. Maybe it's a a surprise to people who think that, you know, according to the Bible, there's only ever been one really big flood. And for the people in the area, it would have been big, but... Right. When all of the Bible is contained within, what, a hundred mile yeah, geographic exactly. and, area. And that's, that's one thing I had watched a show on the whole thing. They pointed out that that region that they lived in, the, you know, which is now Iraq, mm. was it a floodplain at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So they would have had regular floods, like seasonal floods where the rivers yeah, that they would live off of. This one was probably particularly would, large. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there just may be a bigger one, but they said, yeah, they would have had the, the banks of that river would have swollen like seasonally. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah, the Samoans weren't writing about the flood in Iraq at that time. No, no. So I mean, it wasn't exactly worldwide. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the the post continues and says the epics of Gilgamesh and Atrahasis from the second millennium BC come immediately to mind. Scholars have pointed out the clear parallels between these earlier myths and the stories in Genesis, including Noah's flood. Now, is he using myth there? In his text, the academic, sense. the academic sense, yeah, or sure, the yeah. literal. Yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm he sure means it'll the, be the academic the sense through quote unquote academic yeah. sense. Yeah. Of course, the exact relationship of these various stories remained debated. LDS scholar Hugh Nibley, for instance, theorized <laughs> that these myths derived from the same earlier event, but were transformed over time as they were handed down through generations. So he guessed at that. And, uh-huh. uh, he was probably right. <laughs> Other scholars argue for direct literary dependence depending on depending I'm sorry for direct literary dependence between Genesis and the earlier Mesopotamian material whatever their relationship scholars agree that the flood stories of Mesopotamia and the stories of Nora <laughs> Nora <laughs> and these stories of virus of Noah's flood all participated in the same broader literary and mythic culture of the ancient near east Okay. If they're all the same part of the culture, but they happen in completely different time frames. Yeah. uh, That just seemed like a bunch of, okay. Of gobbledygook. Not not a whole lot there. Uh, Why do the number of animals that went into the ark vary in the Bible? This is the second uh, headline. The big question. In the story. Open any child's Bible picture book and you'll likely see pairs of cute, lovable animals entering Noah's Ark. I think you mean Nora's Ark. (laughs) (laughs) Lions, giraffes, elephants, monkeys, camels, zebras, pandas, deer, etc. You could have stopped after like three. Lions, (laughs) tigers, and bears. Oh, my. Male and female, two by two. This is based on God's commandment given to Noah in Genesis 
chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. My question, though, did God commission those paintings in those children's books? I don't think he commissioned anything. Well, then how do we know those pictures are accurate? (laughs) Uh, This quotes Genesis and says, And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. Which seems like a pretty terrible plan also, because Mm -hmm. how many, how many of these animals would have, one of the partners would have died? And why the fuck, why the fuck didn't God just snap his fingers and magically transport all of them there from all over the globe? Like, did Noah have to go hunting all over the globe? Did these animals just start running toward him, Wild Kingdom style? According to the movie. They just fucking ran in like <laughs> banshees. Yeah, they they all, you know, the kangaroos hopped through the sea yep. all the way. All yeah. the birds flew around the earth. Mm-hmm. Some crazy shit. Uh, it seems simple and logical enough. No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> how does that, how is that fucking simple or logical? Well, it, well maybe he's getting to a bigger point uh, here. So he says, it seems simple and logical enough. And then it has a, a colon. And says, Noah should bring a male-female pair of each kind of animal with him into the ark. But in the next chapter, the number of animals God commands Noah to bring into the ark is different. Quote, of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. Well, what if he just gave them all a bath? Well, I, and how do I you... don't have a problem with any of I mean I, I mean all of this is bullshit but yeah I don't think that's a contradiction no it's not well, it's a clarification I, I and I wonder if he means by clean the ones that eat meat and the ones or the ones that are vegetarians well, it's which, the whichever, herbivores whichever ones are were clean. considered kosher yeah oh so so he's saying take two of all the animals but of the kosher animals take seven well and uh, I'm curious how you get from of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens the male and his female yeah, figure that, that out. <laughs> it's yeah, not number. Weird. It's it's not the male and his females. It's his, or the males it, and it, the females. It, it's it's right. male There's and female. There's counterpart for each one, but yeah, it's like seven. It's two, but you're getting seven out of that somehow. I don't I don't know how that works. That's how the Mormons came up with polygamy. <laughs> uh, says, yeah, from the story of no- Nora's flood. <laughs> <laughs> of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the the male and the female. To keep seed alive upon the face of the earth. Genesis 7, verses 2 through 3. Here Noah is commanded to take seven pairs of clean animals. Oh, seven pairs. And one uh, pair of unclean animals. Well, so is it seven pairs? pairs. I think it's seven pairs. Not to bring a male, female pair. Of every yeah, clean so beast seven, thou shalt take. So seven pairs. That's seven 14. Male and his female. Yeah, seven, seven so pairs. So 14, yeah, 14 different animals, all of the same kind of animal. Whatever that means. I don't yeah. think I saw 14 of any single Ken animal. Ham Ken Ham would Ham's have to arc. explain what the kinds yeah. are. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so 14 of some animals, two of other animals. Here Noah is commanded to take seven pairs of clean animals and one pair of unclean animals. One-way scholars account for this divergence is by postulating that the flood story in Genesis was composed by an author or redactor. And then in parentheses it says editor (laughs) for the stupid LDS people who would be reading this apparently, who wove together at least two different sources, whether oral or written, together into one flowing narrative in one... Noah offered sacrifice and so needed more animals of the clean kinds for sacrifice. 
So wait, wait but uh, sh- shouldn't there only be one source for this story? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he says, but in the other, no such sacrifice happened, and so only pairs were necessary. This line of reasoning is is part of what is no- is commonly known as the documentary hypothesis for the composition of the first five books of Moses. Okay, so question. Yes. Query away, sir. Uh, <laughs> why take the unclean animals at all then? And why make some animals unclean in the first place? Well, and what determines you if they're I mean? clean or not? Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure pigs are, are right out. Well, <laughs> anything that eats and roots in its own shit. Well, that's where I, I, I was. My thought for clean and unclean was herbivore versus, you know, meat eater. But then when you said the whole thing about being kosher, mm-hmm. I'm like, that might make, that makes way more sense. But there's way more unkosher, there's way more kosher animals than there are unkosher animals. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, the only, like, unkoshered animals I can really think of, like, yeah, like pigs and mm-hmm. that's all I can what think What makes of. something <laughs> kosher? Does it have to be blessed? Yeah. It has to be killed a certain way. Yeah. I know, like, with the chickens, they got to swing them around and Well, like, shit. there's, there, like, there's koshered pickles. What, do they have to kill the pickles that's the, a certain way? I think way, that's or? the salt. Yeah. Huh. Or the yeah. brine. I'm not sure what makes things kosher or not. I just thought someone had to pray over at the end of the line. Hmm. Thank you for dying. <laughs> this says, while Latter-day Saints need not automatically accept all of the propositions laid out by source critics, scholars who attempt to identify the various sources that went into the books of the Bible, they should nevertheless be open to the possibility that, much like the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants, the Book of Genesis underwent a complex history of comp position and editing oh so it's not the word of god what's in the bible then well i went through a complex history of composition and editing but i thought everybody says that the bible is the true unchanged story that was handed down by mormons don't say that no it's do they know they well they they make this caveat that says that the bible is is true that the Bible is God's word as long as it is translated translated correctly yeah yeah it's this it's this big broad um exit door that anytime they get a little bit stuck on some of the doctrine they just say well that wasn't translated right yeah so is is the book of mormon the only one that was translated correctly <laughs> yes <then? laughs> yeah. oh and that's that that's just i think that's fucking adorable and i'm not i'm not too fluent on the book of moses is that something that only exists within the lds realm mm-hmm. or does that's so no the book of uh of moses no the book of Mo- the book of moses is in the bible okay yeah. Oh, chapter. Oh, it's one of the. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, they make it seem like I'm like. Well, that's. I'm like, I didn't know Moses had his own whole fucking book. I'm right about that, right? Moses. Is in the Bible? I was just thinking about that. I don't think. I don't, I don't think, think Moses so. was is in that, the Bible. Or is that in the? Am I getting that the confused? The stories with, in the Bible. With. But the, I didn't think uh, Moses had his own. I think that might be part of the Pearl of Great Price. Uh huh. Which which is why I was going to bring up. Nope, you're right. The five books of Moses. The first. Okay. Books of the, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by Joseph Smith. Okay, so, so th- if those books were by <laughs> Joseph Smith, how have they been redacted and changed? It does and say that right there. Yeah. It says by Joseph Smith. Book of Moses, book so, by Joseph Smith. So, so if the that five was, books of Moses is something different from the book of, of Moses, Moses, which is uniquely Mormon. Yes. That, and that's where I was trying to go with it. If the book of Moses is uniquely Mormon and the book of Mormon was transli- transcribed correctly by Joseph Smith, would that not <laughs> I thought not you were make... trying to say translated and you t- said translibed. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> like, whoa. Would that not make the book of Moses a correct 
translation too because the same person translated the book of Moses as yes. translated the book of Mormon. Yeah, of course. So yeah. how could yeah. there be redactions and troubles with the history of that book if it was handed down? Well, no, he's he's he refers to uh, so I think he's talking about the Bible because he yeah. says for the composition of the first 5 books of Moses. Which yeah, that is the but, Bible. So, yeah. Didn't that just say the 5 books of Moses were written by Joseph Smith? No, the <laughs> no. book of Moses is okay. written by yeah, okay. Joseph Smith. Yeah, you, there's too many books from Moses coming out. Well, here. it's it's hard because there's Joseph Smith plagiarized yeah, yeah, huge amounts yeah, of yeah, the Bible yeah. directly for, which is what I'm just I'm just trying to Mormon catch this guy doctrines. in in yeah. a quandary of when he says, "Well, we don't know if it's right or not." And I'm like, "Well, if you say everything Joseph Smith wrote is right, ah. and if this came from Joseph Smith, gotcha, you can't say that." Yeah, yeah, he was trying to he was trying to sort of force credibility, so he borrowed a lot of the names and oh, okay. titles and all that stuff. Hi, this is David Silverman, president of American Atheists. Join us at www.atheists.org, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. For today's sermon, I'd like to talk to you about temptation. It's everywhere, folks. Serpents slither among us. It takes many forms. Apparent strangers, co-workers, even so-called friends. Okay, okay. You can stop dancing around. I'm the serpent he's talking about. You, Father Z. You're the real serpent. Just slithering around my house, being all casual about religion, not taking it seriously. I take it very seriously. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm a priest. Well, whoever you are, Zach, beer-drinking basketball buddy, whatever mask you choose to wear right now, you've turned my friend into something I don't even recognize anymore. She has a very serious drinking problem. Okay, well now she has a very serious church problem. You don't see you just took one addiction and replaced it with another? I'm just trying not to die. Well, newsflash, you are gonna die. You're all gonna die. Not, I mean, not right now, I'm not gonna, that's not what I meant. You're safe, for now. I'm not gonna do anything. You and the godless revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. Uh, where did we leave off here? Oh, so while Latter-day Saints need not automatically accept all of the propositions laid out by source critics, scholars who attempt to identify the various sources that went into the books of the Bible, they should nevertheless be open to the possibility that, much like the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants, the Book of Genesis underwent a complex history of composition and editing. Uh, how does the Joseph Smith translation help us understand the flood? Well, beginning shortly after the founding of the Church of Christ in 1830, the prophet Joseph, the prophet Joseph Smith, undertook what he called a new translation of the Bible. Uh, and also, wait. So when Joseph, when Joe, when Joey Top Hats, when he started, <laughs> <laughs> he called it the Church of Christ. Uh, apparently, so the whole name has changed, and well, that's fine. Well, I think there's still a Church of Christ around, right? They're, yeah, there they're is. a Mormon offshoot. Yeah. Oh, okay. is it? Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's it's like an offshoot of polygamous groups, of or LDS, or is yeah. the Mormon Church an offshoot? Uh, that's a good. Qu I mean, it depends on yeah. who you ask, right? If you ask a mainstream LDS person, they're going to say, "Well, right, Church of Christ is an offshoot," but it's just like the people at Short Creek and and the polygamist families mm -hmm. there that Short believe Creek. they're they're following the true words yeah. of Joseph Smith and. And what God what, wanted which him they, to do, and what they, they are. wanted them for their religion. Yeah, which yeah, they yeah. are actually. Yeah, they're closer. Sure, yeah. Uh, so he undertook what he called a new translation of the Bible that included restoring lost narratives, correcting mistranslated passages, updating the archaic language of the King James Version, 
Not really, because no, the Book of Mormon is archaic is as well. Way, yeah. he, he tried to rip off the archaic uh, language and did a poor job at it. And providing prophetic commentary and harmonization on important scriptural, scriptural accounts. Commonly called the Joseph Smith Translation, JST, by church members today, Joseph Smith's efforts in revising the Bible touched on the story of Noah's flood. Interesting that instead of using the JST, the LDS Church officially uses the KJV. <laughs> right? Like, why aren't yeah. they using their own dude's yeah. fucking version of the, Bible, yeah. of the Bible? It's not complete, for one thing, and they don't yeah. have the rights to it. Ah. It's owned by the RLDS, I think. Oh, really? I did not know that. Oh. Yeah. So their their whole thing is based on a stack of lies. <laughs> and copyright infringements. <laughs> it's built on a house of cards that's uh. underlaid with lies. Let's see. Commonly called the Joseph Smith translation by church members today, Joseph Smith's efforts in revising the Bible touched on the story of Noah's flood. For instance, Genesis 6, 6 reads, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. To help avoid possible confusion over the idea that God had to repent of something, because, of course, he's perfect. Mm -hmm. The prophet rendered this passage, And it repented Noah. And his heart was pained that the Lord had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at the heart. Either way, God's still fucked up, right? Yeah. It's so paining the Lord. God fucked oh, I made all of these stupid humans that are doing things that I allowed them to do, and now that really pisses me off. Oh, he just added, What a stupid, stupid God. And it repented Noah, and his heart, Noah's heart, was pained that the Lord had made man on earth. So Noah was upset that God made people. Apparently. So, so Noah is the one who caused the flood, not God. No, God still caused oh. the flood. Well, but if God wasn't mad at his people because he created everything good, why did he put to the flood? Well, they didn't. They just had to fix the thing where God would have to repent for something. So yeah. Noah had to repent somehow <laughs> instead of God. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. It's because it's it's because it's mental <laughs> gymnastics, and I wonder if when he was reading that he was like, "You look fit, but I don't think you're very flexible." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I wonder if he's like, "Can that say that God repented?" Uh, no. Uh, oh, that'd be bad. Oh, I gotta change that. No. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to change it. Uh, this change, however, reflects an issue with an archaic English meaning of repent as mm -hmm. to be sorry, which is uh, what the word in Hebrew, nikam, means. Nikam. But it still doesn't matter, right? Because if God is a perfect being, he can't have those kinds of holes, right? You can't, you can't, you can't be wanting for something. You can't, you can't be in a position where you have a deficit of some kind. And if Joseph Smith is a prophet of God, he's, he's speaking to the man, right? He yeah. knows God. He's speaking to God and is a prophet of God and figures, oh, no, this is wrong. Ah, this is wrong. I, I got to change this. But then the writer of this story is like, oh, no, Joseph Smith was just fucked up. He didn't know that, you know, originally yeah. the word just meant to be sorry. That's that's fine. He wasn't repenting for something like he had done a bad deed and needed to cleanse his spirit. He was just he felt bad about it. He was he was very sorry about it. But, but Joseph Smith didn't but, fucking know that. No. He's a prophet of God and he didn't fucking know that. God didn't tell him. And and even still, God can't be sorry about something. True. Yeah. 
Yeah, why why would a perfect being be, be sorry, sorry about anything? They can't do anything that isn't perfect. Yeah. Uh, without understanding this older definition of the word, modern readers might mistakenly think that God had to repent of some sort of sin. And so the prophet made a clarifying change to the English text of the KJV. These sorts of changes to the flood story in the JST <laughs> are best understood <laughs> not me. as restorations of a pristine original version of Genesis, but rather as the prophet helpfully guiding modern readers <laughs> through some tricky issues with the often outdated English of the King James Version. So why does why is that the official version of the LDS Church then? If it's so, so problematic. Yeah. Well, and that's that's why they make that statement that yeah, the Bible's the Bible's correct as long as it's correctly translated, right? Because then they can point to this and go, yeah. "Oh no, that we all, we've already given you our escape hatch." Like mm -hmm. we we we've we've told you that there are parts of the Bible that may not have been translated correctly, and so we can just discard those yeah. as they come up. Of course, we're not going to go through and identify which ones they are now. Just in the future, keep this in mind right. as we're talking about the Bible, yeah. and you call us out on something and say that what mm -hmm. we're doing is fucky. No, it's just that the Bible yeah. wasn't translated correctly because at that point. The parts we agree with are correct. They were done right. But yeah, parts we don't agree with were it's incorrect It's giving them a blanket excuse, right? Like, for everything, yeah. Yeah, for everything yeah. that could ever possibly go wrong within the church that's based on biblical doctrine. Oh, no, well, that, that just, that's just because the Bible wasn't translated correctly. They're written, get out of frailty yeah, card. Yeah, so, so uh, probably a good question would be then if, if, uh, if Joseph Smith was the one that they decided or the one that God decided was going to restore the truth. Why didn't he do it? <laughs> <laughs> just re I mean, he wrote I mean, so many other books. Just one more. Dude, was, you failed. You failed. Yeah, Why what, did you do it? Was it, was it, was it really just that he had to come down and give us polygamy and fucking temple diapers? <laughs> that was the only two big things that he had to do. And baptizing for dead people. Don't forget yeah. that. Oh yeah. And that there's no real hell. Hell's not a real thing. Yeah. Well, uh, that that actually is a good thing. Yeah, well. It was a selling point. There's still outer darkness. And I remember, well, in so in the Book of Mormon play, there's a scene about uh, scary Mormon hell. Okay. And I remember being a kid, and when we went and saw the when we went and saw the play, Tracy's like, "Holy shit, this is bringing up all kinds of memories of me being a kid and having nightmares about Mormon hell and what I was taught in in uh, Sunday school about the types of things that would happen to me if I allowed myself to be treated as chewed bubblegum, mm. you know, referring to the LDS Church's oh, views yeah. on virginity and and, and remaining chaste and modest yeah uh it can be useful to look more at what the prophet changed the text from than what he changed it to since he sometimes translated the same passage different ways why would that why? be i mean it couldn't be that he was just a human <laughs> being making shit up yeah so here's the point we have this great translation from the prophet who got all the information from God to correct the book that had problems. So the best thing to do is look at the original book with the problems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because his translations aren't sure. consistent. Yeah. So well, look at the... What the fuck did he do? What did he do when he was here? God changed his mind. God, he made up a story about fucking Indians with swords. 
<laughs> Riding horses around. Yeah. Uh, so the next headline says, was the flood the baptism of the earth? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Beginning with William W. Phelps in the 1830s, right around the, the same time of the Church of Christ thing. Uh, some <laughs> yeah, that's the... The three great grandpa. Yeah, well, the Phelps, Phelps, right? Yeah, Phelps, the swimmer. I mean, they're filling the place with water. Who's better to have there but an Olympic swimmer? That was a good connection, Ryan. Yeah, I'm sure that that was Michael Phelps' great-great-grandfather. Some Latter-day Saints leaders and scriptural commentators have speculated that Noah's flood was a sort of baptism for the earth. The thinking behind this idea is essentially that the earth is a living entity and so needs the ordinance of baptism to achieve its promised celestial Celestialization from Doctrine and Covenants 88, 18 through 19. How many other planets have gotten baptized? Um, <laughs> I can't think of any, oh. but maybe it's just because they haven't been properly translated Earth, in the Bible. As, Earth is uh, going to be a very lonely planet in planet heaven. <laughs> yeah. The only one. It's going to be such a sad planet. Oh, poor hey. Do, what, Earth, yeah. do I get two of a kind? All, all the <laughs> no. other, all the other planets get to party in planet hell. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, while this has been a common mis- while this has been a common understanding, <laughs> uh, there yeah. are other oh, yeah. ways. Oh yeah, everyone believes that the Earth is alive and needs to be baptized to be to go to heaven. <laughs> Everybody understands that's a common understanding. Common, it's common, right? Sure. Uh, there are other ways of thinking about the flood, such as a symbolic. Wait. Are the polar ice caps its garments? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta check them symbols. I haven't seen the square on there anywhere. Uh, such as a symbolic cleansing of the earth rather than an actual ordinance. As Paul Hoskison and I explore in our recent article, there are a number of scriptural and prophetic statements that must be accounted for in understanding the symbolic or doctrinal significance of the flood. That's kind of shitty to just symbolically kill every fucker on the planet. I don't think it was symbolic. I mean, a- according to the scriptures, that that's what happened. Everybody fucking died. At this point, we simply don't have enough revealed information Ooh. about any larger metaphysical truth about the flood to make any definitive claims. Well, why don't you go pray on that, you motherfuckers? <laughs> what's, what's interesting, too, is that they're just taking it as a given that the flood actually it fucking happened. happened. As a literal right? worldwide I flood. I thought in that book, and so that means it really happened. I don't, I don't yeah. care what the scientists the, say or what geolo- not geology, and yeah. that's just fucking science, man. Grand Canyon can't explain it without a flood. <laughs> I mean fetching science. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's like selling a five uh, best unicorn recipe book. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, do you got that one? <laughs> I should make it. These people will buy it. Next headline says, was the flood a global or local flood? Ooh, speaking of the devil. Oh, now we're getting into the nitty-ritty. This is Sarah Ponte Rivera with the Satanic Temple's Gray Faction. You can learn more about Gray Faction at grayfaction.org or find us on our social media account on Twitter and Facebook. And you are listening to the Godless Revolution. If you accept God into your heart, you'll walk with him in the kingdom of heaven. Oh, yeah? Okay, cool. You got proof of that? I see proof of God every day. Do you? I, 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 I can't wait to see it. Show me, please. I'm excited to see the proof. Go ahead. Let's see it. Ah! Oh! Oh, that's hot. Oh, my God! Oh, no! No!
Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. Modern believers are confronted with geological and other scientific evidence in addition to the ancient literary context of Genesis. Well, are we talking about like facts? They're, they're yeah. being confronted with facts <laughs> mm-hmm. that casts serious doubt on the feasibility of a worldwide catastrophic flood sometime, presumably around 3000 BC, that wiped out all animal and human life, save that which was spared on Noah's Ark. In response to these challenges, some have wondered if perhaps the flood described in Genesis drew from memory of a localized event, perhaps a particularly bad flooding of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. Mm-hmm. Which would have happened. Mm-hmm. Given the somewhat ambiguous meaning of the word Hebrew Eretz, earth or land, rather than the earth, meaning the spherical globe, being entirely flooded, instead perhaps Genesis meant to convey that the earth, meaning the land or local region where Noah dwelt, was inundated. Moses 129. I I have a point on that, but I want to get through this paragraph. Okay. Or perhaps a local flood was mythologized into a global one to symbolically signify the renewal or or recreation of the earth from out of a primordial universal ocean. Wait, now he's switched back from the academic type of myth. Yeah. Well, my question is, so you have a localized flood. Why the fuck did the kangaroos from Australia have to come all exactly. the way there for a localized exactly. fucking flood? Exactly. If he if he wants to if he wants to make the argument that well, okay, the Bible may not have been referring to an actual global flood, then what the fuck was God's point in killing everybody in that region? Yeah. If it's not that you know he's wiping out humanity humanity to start over and he's making this ark to to carry on the mm-hmm. lineages of these animals and human beings, then why the fuck? Yeah. Would he have done any, like, if you're going yeah. to do a localized flood, then you don't need then, animals from everywhere. Well, you don't need a fucking boat. You yeah. just flood that whole fucking like, area. Yeah. No ark needed, yeah. You let yeah. Noah save himself and his yeah. family, whoever, if he's your chosen person to do this, he's your emissary to carry on your word going forward, fine. But then you don't need all the fucking, all the other animals or anything. Yeah. But do, do you guys know why there are no true bears in Australia? Why there Speaking are no what? True, true bears? True bears. True bears. What's a, what's a, what's a false bear? Because they don't koalify. Uh, <laughs> koala's a false bear, a pseudo bear. Uh, a pseudo bear? <laughs> <laughs> it's a marsupial. It's not a bear. Anyway, yeah, you're a good point, though. Oh, my God, that. dude. One of the things that I didn't talk about in the- in I think the... that was a popsicle stick joke. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I didn't talk about uh, that I did over the last week was- Did you get to play with a koala bear? No, Tracy and I went and saw Annihilation yesterday. Yeah. It was. It was- I need to go see it again. It's one of those movies that you leave in your. Oh, like, it's a movie. Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh wow, I'm gonna have to think on a few points there and watch it again to see if I can pick up on some of the clues and hints throughout uh. the movie. But there's this creature in there that is like a mutated bear that screams with a woman's voice. It's fucking terrifying. I will have nightmares about this thing, I'm sure, at <laughs> one point. Sounds awesome. It's fucking, oh, it was, it was really cool. The effects were really cool, but the sounds that it was making and its appearance, and then it like rips this lady's face in half, which was all fucking really cool and everything. But yeah, very disturbing that I'm sure I'll have nightmares, but I loved <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it, I really liked Annihilation. It was good. I, I need to go see it again. Uh, so this uh, symbolically signifying or symbolically signify the renewal or, recre- or recreation of the earth from out of the primordial universal ocean. 
Uh, Latter-day Saints have likewise wrestled with this question and have come to varying conclusions, some more traditionalist, others more moderate. Apostle John A. Widstow, or Wid, Widstow, acknowledged in 1943 that from a revelatory point of view, we simply do not know enough to conclusively settle this matter. The fact remains that the exact nature of the flood is not known. We set up assumptions based upon our best knowledge, but can go no further. And if, I, if memory serves, the LDS Church released as one of their essays answering tough questions about the faith that they believe in the biblical account of the flood. Yes. So, well, does that mean that they believe that it was a regional flood or a global flood? I'd have to read their their essay again to to piece that out. In particular, I would say his his statement is only correct if you disregard all science. Whose whose statement? His uh, John A. Oh yeah, that whether it's uh, whether it was a regional or a global. We set up assumptions based upon our best knowledge. Yeah, I mean you don't have to make assumptions. We know we can. Show ancient floodplains. We can show yeah, water we levels. We know that there was time. no global we flood. We know yeah. for a fact there was never a global flood. Yeah. In fact, that whole that whole sentence the 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 fact the fact remains that the exact nature of the flood is not known. We set up assumptions based upon our best knowledge, but can go no further. No, you fucking don't. You don't assume because anything. There's yeah. no fact pointing to the nature of the flood at all. Yeah. So what are you? So what are you saying that the? Why would you even say that there was a flood? Oh, because some barely literate cave Jews four thousand years ago wrote it down on a fucking goat skin with a charcoal stick. <laughs> well, he continued and said, "We should remember that when inspired writers deal with historical incidents, they relate that which they have seen or that which may have been told them." Unless indeed the past is open to them by revelation, I'm doing my best to do like so, a, like a Mormon, yeah, like a yeah. Mormon apostle kind of guy, general uh, authority, yeah, during conference, yeah, general so conference. He, he's saying that historical writings are either something they saw, something they told him, or something that was a pipe dream. <laughs> that which they've been told, unless unless indeed the past is opened to them by revelation. But that's the pipe dream part. <laughs> <laughs> he continues and says, The details in the story of the flood are undoubtedly drawn from the experiences of the writer. Under a downpour of rain likened to the opening of the heavens, a destructive torrent 26 feet deep or deeper would easily be formed. No. The writer of Genesis made a faithful report of the facts known to him concerning the flood. In other localities, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, in other localities, the depth of the water might have been more or less. In <laughs> what? No shit, motherfucker! In other parts of the world where the land is higher than the others, the water might not have been quite so deep. Wait, he's saying twenty-six feet deep? Uh huh. Um, Under a downpour of rain likened to the opening of the heavens, a destructive torrent twenty-six feet deep. What? And how does he settle on twenty-six? Also, that's not even enough to cover the Appalachians. Forget about fucking the Himalayas. <laughs> but but a twenty six feet deep or deeper would easily be formed. So here, I, I had to look this up real quick. The most amount of rain that's ever been recorded in twenty four hours was seventy two inches back in nineteen seventy nine. Mm. 
Well, that's only modern stuff, Ryan. We don't know what could have happened before in the time of Noah. Yeah. Were you there? Were I, you there? I was. <laughs> I think they would say this was just, that's because those are, are so, nat- natural storms. This one God made. And ah. so, so he finishes and says, in other localities, the depth of water might have been more or less, of course, no shit. <laughs> in fact, in fact, the details of the flood are not known to us. That is the only fact he's said. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But he's he feels perfectly fine just, you know, trotting out whatever, 26 feet. How the fuck did he arrive at 26 feet deep in some locations unless... No- I mean, well, that, that sounds like said, he, he has a... He could have just said any fucking number. for that. He could have said any fucking yeah. number. Yeah. I would have picked a much bigger one because... Mormons believe in baptism by immersion, and if they're baptizing the earth, baptizing the earth, yeah. they have to get over Everest. Way, way more water. So you need thirty thousand feet deep. Are you trying to tell me that Everest is more than twenty six feet high? <laughs> <laughs> yes. God, dude, I think I could, I'm going to go climb Everest. I think I could do it. I could do twenty six feet. <laughs> I, I could fall up Everest. <laughs> uh, this concludes by saying that while readers may answer these questions differently for themselves. I hope that I have at least provided some worthwhile material to study and some points to consider as we reread the story of Noah in the Old Testament this year in Gospel Doctrine class and prayerfully search out the rich treasures of knowledge that can be found in this remarkable book of Scripture. Paul Hoskison discusses the flood and symbolism in the Hebrew Bible in this interview with LDS Perspectives podcast, and it has a link. You think we can get on that show? <laughs> uh, no, because none of us are LDS anymore, so they don't care for our perspective. But maybe it's a perspective of someone who lives in the LDS state. No, no they're not. No, 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 I'll give them that perspective. No, it's it's LDS perspectives yeah, podcast. They don't want ours, so we can try. So yeah, this it wasn't. I I thought that he would be making some claims instead of just going. I don't fucking know. Well, he's he didn't make any claims. But he's like, feet, well, this person. Well, but <laughs> but he's citing someone else's claim. Yeah, yeah. That was who was that again? Uh, uh, John Wid Wid Widso W I D T S O E. So Widso, and he was a Mormon apostle. So okay, he should know, Ryan. He should know because he's a Mormon apostle. Yeah, he went on a whole like. <sighs> paragraph about what the flood was like and then the last sentence he just recants it all yeah actually yeah. we don't know anything <laughs> about it so yeah we really don't know i'm just blowing smoke out here i just yeah. six feet. Forget i had the, to write something this thing. week and so here you go but um, after reading this i'm like the the lds guy who posted this like yeah this guy knows his shit well I he didn't really would, fucking say yes, anything no. he didn't say anything throughout all of this, this other than that we don't know and there are some different theories but even the other theories that he proposed, like, well, maybe it was just a, a local regional flood. Negates the whole fucking what? story. <laughs> yeah, why the fuck would you have to do all of yeah. that then? <laughs> this, what guy, about, this guy really confirmed my bias. <laughs> and what about the whole thing of Noah being like 900 years old? Well, and, and if, it's just, if it's just a local or regional flood, why the fuck would you spend that much time building a boat, boat. instead of just fucking Bo- walking. going? Yeah, go somewhere to he higher had, ground. He had a long fucking Get time. Get out of the fucking floodplain, dumbass. Where God goes, hey, Ma's ass, or <laughs> fuckface, <laughs> in 200 years, there's going to be a big flood. <laughs> Get walking. Yeah. 
stupid, stupid, stupid stuff. It's, and it did, it's it not going to hit Alabama, it, so go there. It, it rained for 40 days, right? Yeah, 40, 40 days, days and 40, 40 nights. Okay, so in order to cover the whole earth, it would have to, you would have to get a total amount of precipitation of 750 feet per day. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, hold on. Let's see. Seven hundred and fifty feet per day. That, I mean, per uh, oh fuck. Hold on. Let me start over. Hour time period. Let me start over. I fucked up. Uh, don't fuck up. We're on the clock. Divided by forty. Seven hundred fifty <laughs> per day. Okay. Um, is this going off the height of Everest? Yes. So, oh shit. Well, and is that to well? How yeah? How are you? So it'd be thirty-one. 31 and a quarter feet per hour. Holy. The wow. water would have to be rising. That's that's, that's like a sheet of rain. Yeah. Like, that's, that's like, that's not even raindrops. That's a no, straight up yeah. like waterfall. So that'd be I, your boat. You, any boat you build under those conditions would, would, would be sink. instantly sunk. It'd be yeah. six inches yeah. a minute. Yeah. Your boat would instantly fucking sink. Yeah. So, and not, not only that, but in, in order for enough water to be, in I mean, because think think about the um, volume. In order to get all of the water surface to rise that mm -hmm. fast, the amount of water that'd be coming down would absolutely fucking destroy everything Whatever it hit. hit. Yeah, yeah. Anything. I mean, the thing is, if you d if you had one day of rain like that, you wouldn't have to go up to the th to thirty thousand feet anymore because it would destroy Everest. It would just erode it down to. You know, to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's basically power washing the fucking earth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, every absolutely everything would be completely, totally. Which, which um, if you had annihilated, that, you would not be able. You shouldn't find an exposed jagged rock on any high mountain. Jagged, right? <laughs> if they should all be smooth because of the amount of they, waterfall yeah, exactly. that was hitting it, would have smoothed the rock. Everything out. out. Yeah, mm -hmm. everything like, would like be totally a, like round. river rock. Yeah, exactly. Everything would be rounded out, and he's and he's floating along in a gopher wood fucking houseboat. <laughs> 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 Even if that thing was made of steel, I don't think it would have survived. No. <laughs> this is Shalise Blythe with the Satanic Temple and the National Director of the After School Satan Club. For more information on how you can start a club in your area, visit afterschoolsatan.com. You are listening to The Godless Revolution. She's awake! I'm alive. By the grace of God. It was so cool. God smited you because you were being blasphemous, but then he saved you because he's merciful and forgiving, but then he pointed right at me and told me to work extra hard in school. And now I'm going to be the Pope when I grow up. I think I'm done with church. You know, I got way too extreme. I got to stop that. And from now on, I'm just going to be chill. I'm just going to be super chill. I'm going to start meditating, doing yoga. All right, Alba, you're getting extreme about being chill. It's happening again. Yeah, you're right. I got to chill out. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Okay, Matthew. What have you got for us this week? I don't know who that is. Is, you, is it not Matthew on your uh, birth certificate? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't give you permission <laughs> to use it. <laughs> oh, I need permission to use your proper name. Hey, Matt. Can I use your proper name? Sure. Okay. <laughs> what do you got for us tonight, Matthew? <laughs> this is called, How Can God Allow Horrific Evil Like the Florida School Shooting? 
It's a good fucking question. It is a good question. Yeah. If a god exists, sure. And uh, I gave it an unofficial title of as a Christian, <laughs> as, as you'll soon find why. Find out why. Uh, by Jay Warner Wallace, Fox News. Oh, oh, boy. Get ready for some philosophical sophistication. I'm sure. Last week's mass shooting that claimed 17 lives at a high school, par- uh, at a high school in Parkland, Florida, leaves many of us searching for answers. As a Christian who happens to be a homicide detective, <laughs> I've wrestled to understand how an all-powerful, all-loving God would allow this and other horrific evil I've observed over the years. Our free will is an important part of the answer. Mm. If God exists and wants us to genuinely love one another, he must first allow us something dangerous. Personal freedom. This kind of liberty is risky because it must also allow... Uh, it must also allow us the freedom to do great harm. Or, you know, he could allow the freedom to love him or not, but not allow us to inflict harm on each other. That's a totally possible thing he could do. Yeah. Yeah. For a, for an all powerful or maximally yeah, powerful being. It's sure. not, it's not one or the other. Yeah. It's not all maximum freedom for humans or none. Well, mm-hmm. and you'd have to think that God created the shooter to shoot up the school. Right. And whose agency is being honored. Not the people whose lives were taken against their will. No. Mm-hmm. Human free agency is a double-edged knife. Oh. Not a sword. No. Huh? <laughs> Not a sword. Because Jesus brought the sword. Right. And each of us must decide how we will handle it responsibly. So as I talk with others about what happened in Parkland or in any other recent shooting, I do my best to address the issues as both a detective and a Christian. As a Christian. <laughs> Balancing the relationship between our God-given freedoms and our civic responsibilities. Many in response to gun violence are inclined to call for the elimination or drastic restriction of guns in our country. Others resist any such limitation. Once again, we must balance both our freedoms and our responsibilities. As a Christian, <laughs> I believe deadly force can be properly justified, but as a detective and a gun owner... I've seen this freedom abused. Now, wait a minute. Surely he means that he could justify deadly force as a cop and not as a Christian, right? Sure. He says, as a Christian, I believe deadly force can be properly justified, but as a detective and a gun owner, I've seen this freedom abused. Is he, but has he seen it abused by other detectives? I would imagine. Well, and I would imagine that. But isn't that flip flopped? Shouldn't he be saying. As as a detective, I believe deadly force can be properly justified. But as a Christian, as a Christian I've seen yeah. it abused. Mm, because I, don't know, I guess I guess you could go either way. But I'm sure. He's, what about the whole "thou shalt not kill" stuff? Well, except when you think killing's okay. Uh, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I asked my mom about that. Like, well, you know, if if you're not supposed to kill people, then why do people join the military and then they kill people? Yeah. Well, because. Because you have to be able to defend yourself. And so, you know, it's it's don't kill people willy-nilly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you're defending yourself and you have to kill somebody to stop them from killing you, then it's okay. Yeah, go defend or yourself in a, Vietnam. Go yeah, defend yeah. yourself in Iraq. Yeah. Or if they're of a different religion, it's just fine to kill them. Yeah, travel to another country to defend yeah. yourself. Sure. Anyway, uh, for this reason, I find myself asking measured questions. Who should be disqualified from gun ownership based on prior criminal behavior or mental illness? What forms of gun security, such as locks or safes, should be legally required? What kinds of consequences consequences should we be expected to uh, should be expected for people who allow their guns to fall in the hands of others, even their own kids? 
as a Christian, <laughs> I understand the importance of retaining the freedom to defend ourselves from evil. But as a detective, I understand the responsibility that comes with such liberty. Well, and how did evil get here? How yeah. did evil begin? How did evil happen? If God created everything, certainly he created evil. Why the fuck did he do that? Well, because that bitch ate that fruit. <laughs> and I swear he's mixed it up again. He says, as a Christian, I understand the importance of retaining freedom to defend ourselves. Shouldn't that be as a detective? I guess it depends and then, on the kind and of then Christian you As are, a Christian, really. I understand the responsibility that comes with such liberty. Yeah, I really, really, they, sh yeah, they should be flipped. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What about the whole turn the other cheek thing? Turn the other cheek. Sorry, you shot me. <laughs> I'll turn the other cheek so you can shoot that one too. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that authorities were aware of the killer in Parkland even before he acted. This is often the case given our national approach to mental illness. <laughs> Not to guns. Yeah. <sighs> we know he's mentally unstable, but let him buy a gun. As a culture, we are hesitant to restrict people's freedoms, and we lack the financial resources to do so, even if we wanted to. That's complete bullshit. Yeah, that's total bullshit. We have a system in place to house someone once he or she commits a crime, but far fewer options to house someone once they are declared mentally ill. Well, most let, of let, them we end up just locking away in prison anyway. Well, let me read that again. We have a system in place to house someone once he or she commits a crime. So house, that's... That's code for in prison. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Once they commit a crime, we have a place to house them. Yeah. But far fewer options to house someone once they're declared mentally ill. Um, um, mental no, asylum. So he's saying to detain or imprison mentally ill people once they're declared mentally right. ill. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Just across the board. Depression, prison. Anxiety, prison. Gross. In times like this, it's easy to say that Parkland would never have occurred if the killer didn't have access to guns. Ching, ching. Correct. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. But it's just as accurate to say that Parkland would never have occurred if the mentally ill killer had been institutionalized. But what about the freedoms you were just fucking talking about? Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about restricting dangerous toys. You're talking about imprisoning people who have done nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. And he says that we don't take people's rights away. Yeah. yeah. And he's advocating for taking someone's rights away that has not committed a crime, just might need some- Yeah, uh, you're mentally ill. We got to lock you away. Yeah. I mean- got to house you somewhere. Maybe- uh, a hospital, uh, uh, doctors to help they get them on the proper medications to help stabilize them, not allow them to buy firearms, maybe restrict their drivers, the doctors their are driving all, privileges. Doctors are already trying to do that, but the problem is people have to go seek the help. Yeah, well, yeah. and he's and he's framing this as all people who have mental health it's problems are dangerous. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everything from social anxiety all the way to paranoid schizophrenic yeah. psychopathy yeah they're all dangerous and should be yeah. housed somewhere should be housed yeah yeah and, yeah and 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 the other thing is people don't people don't seek out help people don't get the proper medications yeah people don't have health insurance there's all these kinds of problems that could all be solved if they didn't get guns mm -hmm. that, i mean and, if and you want to try to solve it only from the mentally ill standpoint it's going to be vastly more complicated, it is. more involved, we gotta, impossible, really. We, you and you're get rid still of, not going to have the problem solved yeah. because guns will still be killing people. Mm. You got to get rid of the stigmatism. You got to get rid. You got to have a better healthcare well, that's system. Gonna, that's going to only further stigmatize. Well, and and We're, his whole thing depends on the fact, or depends on the idea that 
you know, a person's mental state will remain stable their entire right. life. Yeah. Right. Right. They'll never have some kind of psychotic break. They'll never have right. any kind of depression that could lead to suicidal ideology or murderous ideology. None of that would ever, right. or ideation, none of that will ever happen because, you know, if you're sane, you're always going to be sane. Yep. As a Christian, I understand the need to freely <laughs> love those who are struggling with mentally Ill- with mental illness. This very next line. I'm gonna I'm gonna love you. We're just gonna house you somewhere else. I'm gonna love you from the other side of the glass. I love you, but yeah, I, I love you as long as you're on that side yeah. of the glass. And and is there any? How often are we told that Christ, Christianity? I'm a Christian first, right? Nothing can, mm, nothing's yeah. above God. Yeah. Well, he says as a Christian, talking about loving people with mental illness, but. As a detective, I understand the responsibility we have to protect society from harm. So, which is mental illness equals harm, first of all. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know what? I, I fucking think that people who hoard hundreds of fucking firearms in their doomsday bunkers are mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with and you. And that's that. your sure. fucking guy, dude. Mm-hmm. Our God given freedoms are dangerous. We're free to love, yet equally free to do otherwise. Our American liberties are equally dangerous. As a detective and a Christian. (laughs) Oh, both this time. (laughs) (laughs) He's wrapping up. I understand the connection between such freedoms and the responsibility that inevitably results. He keeps he keeps saying that he's speaking as a detective or as a Christian, but the things he's saying are not specific to either either of them. To 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 having expertise in either field. Well, I I, I think he's he's saying well, he could have just said at the top, I'm a homicide detective and a Christian. And then wrote his fucking piece. I think he just repeats it to to reassert his his uh, uh authority yeah, on he's the chest subject. Thumping, yeah. Um, this relationship between freedom and responsibility was captured perfectly by another Christian investigator, the gospel writer Luke. <laughs> oh, but was he a detective? <laughs> Luke quoted the word. Luke didn't write his own fucking gospel, <laughs> jackass. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, as a Christian, you should fucking know that. Yeah. God. No, they don't read it. Uh, Luke Tracy, P.I. <laughs> <laughs> Luke quoted the words of Jesus from everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And to whom they entrusted much of him, they will ask all the more. I can't like I, after the after the previous paragraph or sentence that you read where, you know, Luke when Luke wrote his gospel, Luke didn't fucking write it. I know. Like I can't, I can't take anything else this guy says with any bit it of seriousness. It took you that long. It took like, you that long into it. Well, no, I mean, I was already like, this guy's a jackass. But <laughs> as a, he keeps saying, as a Christian, yeah. as a Christian, this actually, is something you should fucking know. Actually, he's saying, as a Christian, <laughs> <laughs> and his final. Uh, now is the time before the next shooting to embrace the responsibilities that accompany accompany our freedoms. What is your fucking point? Yeah, we agree. Let's not have any more shootings. What, should we just go lock up everybody with anxiety? I, th- I think that's what his point is. That is that going to be? The solution is to imprison people. I mean, I guess that's job security. They need help. And who gets to decide? Who's the one who says, no, you know, this type of mental illness is okay. This one isn't. And then at what level is this type still okay? But if it exceeds a certain level. No, there aren't any levels. Didn't you hear him? Yeah. As a Christian, there's, <laughs> it's mentally, mentally ill equals harm, danger. And that, yeah. And he didn't qualify to say what type of mental illness. No, right? all of it's, it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. If you're mentally ill, then you should be housed somewhere. Yeah. And, and, and I'll bet you. A lot of this comes from the 
fucking Fox News bullshit where they keep trying to suck the NRA's dick and say it's not guns. What else is there? What else is there? What is oh mentally Ill- mental illness? Yeah. And and they just keep saying, well, it's not guns, it's mental illness. And so As if people like illness, this fucker whoa. just yeah. go, oh, yeah, mental illness, that makes sense. And he doesn't even know beyond that. He's just like, oh, mental illness well, is well, the problem. When it's a white person, it's mental illness. When it's any other race of person, it's we need immigration laws. Yeah. But fuck that guy. Yes. Like, seriously, fuck him. Mm-hmm. Fuck him. Fuck him. This is Natalie Newell of Science Moms and the Parenthetical Science Podcast. You are listening to The Godless Revolution. Yeah, I think I'm done with church, too. Father Z's just a bummer. Such a waste of talent. He could be out there waxing ass, but instead he's like, no, we just feed bread to old people. Forget that place. Mm, I don't know. I might go back. What? I, I feel like I've been reborn, you know? Like I've gotten a, a new lease on life, and if that's not proof of God, I don't know what is. Yeah, it's either that or the morphine. Hmm? They've been pumping you full of that stuff for hours. I told them not to hold back. She could take it. Oh, that's nice. Okay, well, Alba, be an angel and uh, hit me again. I got you. I got you. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! What else do you have for us this evening, Matt? I have a bit of biology. I wasn't going to call you Matthew, because apparently that's that's off the table. Well, when you asked, I gave you permission. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that a, is that a long-standing thing? Now? I don't think so. I think he's going to restrict it. Well, yeah. I, w- I was concerned about the time restrictions yeah. on on the usage of the term hmm. or the name. Is there is there a limit? Is it only is it like a one time deal? I haven't is really a... thought about it. I just okay. I just like giving people a hard time when they assume. <laughs> just say other Matthew names. True enough. So, what did you bring for us, M named guy? <laughs> uh, the Riverside Press Enterprise reports Claudia Ackley of Crestline, California, filed a lawsuit in San Bernardino Superior Court on January 18th, spurred by her alleged encounter with multiple Sasquatches. Oh, multiple no. Sasquatches? Multiple Squatches. <laughs> Was it a gangbang? Ackley described as a Bigfoot enthusiast and researcher. <laughs> of course they would be the person to find It wouldn't multiple. be somebody who isn't into Bigfoot at all, mm. has never heard of Bigfoot or mm-hmm. thinks it's crazy crap. Says she and her daughters saw three squatches on a dusk, hi- dusk hike at Lake Arrowhead last year. Also, not broad daylight. Dusk hike. Dusk when you can't really tell what's out there, what's moving, what's going on. What, you see a form, What a the shadow, depth is. Yeah. yeah. Quote, he looked like a Neanderthal man with hair all over him. He had solid black eyes. He had no expression on his face at all. He did not show his teeth. He just stared at the three of us. Does it say how far away they were? Uh, I don't think so. Park rangers reassured the Ackleys they'd seen a family of bears. (laughs) <laughs> an explanation Ackley didn't much care for. No, it wasn't. It was a squatch. Mm-hmm. I know it was a squatch. It was probably circus bears because they were walking on their hind legs. <laughs> right. <laughs> she says she filed the lawsuit because people are totally vulnerable to these things. 
due to the state's failure to recognize the Bigfoot threat. (laughs) Such a threat. So many people killed by the Squatches. Every year, I know, yeah. (laughs) Every year I go camping and there's, you know, there's the signs posted that you're in bear country and you should put up your food and whatever. Uh Uh-huh. How fucking hilarious would it be? You're in Sasquatch country. country. You should hang up your food. Uh, Please don't. Be on the lookout for bipedal furry things. Please don't feed the Bigfoot. Hide your jelly. (laughs) At least not Yeti. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The lawsuit alleges the California Department of Fish and Wildlife and the State Natural Resources Agency have been derelict in their duty by not acknowledging the existence of the Sasquatch species. Despite a mountain of documented and scientific evidence. Oh, a mountain, hey? <laughs> it has had a chilling effect on the study of the Sasquatch, considered illegitimate <laughs> and relegated to the category of paranormal research. <laughs> no, it's got its own, it's got its own category, cryptozoology. cryptozoology yeah. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, a fish and wildlife spokesperson said the agency does not recognize Bigfoot as a species. Neither Fish and Wildlife nor the Reg- National Resources Agency can comment on the case due to pending litigation. Ackley is being supported in her suit by Todd Standing, who... I thought you were going to say Todd Starnes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Todd Standing, who avid Netflix viewers may recognize from his documentary, Discovering Bigfoot. Mm, Yeah, great, riveting documentary. (laughs) Ackley is also a fairly well-known figure in the Bigfoot community. She's been researching researching for over 20 years and has reported multiple Squatch sightings. Well, what evidence does she have to uh, show us for all those years of work? Yeah, why hasn't she won the Nobel Prize? She's for telling discovering you this. This she just saw a family of them. Yeah. This isn't church. Oh. <laughs> the pair plan to present fingerprint and DNA evidence in the case, and okay. they're really, really confident. <laughs> well, <laughs> and they have all the credibility of Trump. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, they even sound like Trump. This is what they said. They have all the credibility of a fucking Bigfoot hunter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't believe the fake news. And this is this, and they 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 even speak like Trump. This is what they said: If this goes to court, we will win easily. <laughs> it's not a joke. The best wilderness experts in the world are coming out to testify. It's amazing. I, I hear there's a lot of people talking about the Bigfoot. <laughs> Your camping friends are not the best wilderness experts in the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no scientific evidence that such a creature exists. Funny that for all the people who have studied it for how many decades and centuries. Was there was there a Bigfoot myth before the Patterson tape? Yes, there was. Okay, that's I think so that's why they made the they tape. They hoaxed it yeah. because of that. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Because it goes back into Na- Native American yeah. lore. I mean, then other countries have their versions of like like the Yetis and the snow monsters. The man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's probably just a malnourished bear. Because you ever seen what a malnourished bear looks like? It's pretty I horrible. The, I saw the sad video of the polar bear yeah. starving and dying. Yeah, yes. that's what they, they look. Emaciated. It doesn't look like a bear at all. It looks like a skeleton wearing a pretty bear rug. Yeah. Like bear a, skin rug. Like the bear that found Timothy Treadwell. I don't know who okay. that is. <laughs> Neither of you guys know? No. Uh, the name sounds familiar, but I don't know why. Oh, it was a, it, oh, it was a starving was a bear. That, he was the guy that got eaten because yeah, he was the bear him. man. Yeah, the bear ate him. Yeah, he was the guy that made friends with the bear on that island, and it fucking ate him and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and apparently it's on video. Just the audio. Was it just the audio? Because I know the- She turned the camera on, but it just got the audio okay, of the, I, both of them being eaten. 
I just assume that just they, a bunch of screaming and yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's you can, there's there's a lot of that, but then there's also like, get run, get the fuck out of here, get yeah. out of here, and he's trying to tell her to leave, and she's oh, wow. she's screaming like, like she's scared at first because obviously she's watching that, and then yeah. you can tell that it turns from fear to pain. Yeah, uh, I think that the worst part is on those trips. Like he's going into the back country up there in Alaska. Uh, Most of them have permits, or there's like, hey, we're going to be here for 14 days. Well, they didn't come back. Mm-hmm. So the the sheriff or whoever went out there in their pontoon plane and found. I the, think it was the pilot that was supposed to pick them up. Was that what it was? I think he went around and found, yeah. Then found he their body. he walked at the trail and just found their shredded bodies up by their campsite and like, oh shit, they were so shredded, bro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> leg days and dude, arm what are you days. been doing? You look totally shredded. He's <laughs> like. Barely any fat on you. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the people in that community expected that to happen. I mean, this guy had been going up there for a long fucking time trying to make friends with wild fucking bears. Yeah, probably. Timothy Treadwell, was that what you said? His yeah. Name was? Hmm. They made a whole documentary on him because he was up there for a long time. Yeah. It's like making trips. Grizzly Man. Yeah. By, uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, Timothy Treadwell? No, yeah. the, that. that <laughs> <laughs> you that just said it. German documentary maker. I don't know. Hans? No. Blix. <laughs> Hans Bricks? Hans Bricks? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> fuck, you guys know who he is? No, I don't. Hans, Obviously, we'd. <laughs> Hans Zimmer. That's the guy. Zeiss. Hans Shit. Zeiss? Yeah. That's, you're doing lenses. Yeah, because that's a German lens <laughs> manufacturer. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, fuck, what the hell's his goddamn name? I don't know. Hans. Gruber. Now you're going to make me look it up on the Googles. <laughs> we got the Google machine right there. Go to the IMDb's. Hans Bear I don't think it's Hans. <laughs> oh. We're just saying Hans. What's, well, what's the name of the show? Extreme, Grizzly uh, Man. Grizzly Man. Grizzly. Was man. He, was, he, was his death Grizzly? Pretty, yes. Yeah. Grizzly Man documentary. I mean, we can probably find the audio. Director? We got twenty. We got twenty minutes left. We can probably find the audio of him getting eaten. Oh yeah, Werner Herzog. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, I know who he is. He's he's a uh, yeah very well known. F- yeah. Screenwriter, film director, author, actor, opera director. Herzog is a figure of the new German cinema, along with Rainer Werner Fassbinder, Margareth von Trotta. Volker Schlondorf, Klaus and Werner Schroeder, and Wim Wenders. They're yeah. spelled with W's, but I pronounced it like a German. Werner. <laughs> Wim Wenders. Get your Wiener schnitzels. <laughs> Werner Herzog. He plays usually really creepy bad guys, right? Whenever he's acting. I've never seen him in a role that well, I can recall where he was a good guy. So that, that picture below, the very one on the very left, that Klaus uh, Klaus Kinski. Kinski. Is he the bad guy from Ghostbusters 2? No. It looks like him, the guy in the painting. Oh, never mind. Now we see a bigger no, picture. It does was... not look like him. No. Never mind. No, he looks more like uh, a troll. No, he looks like, fuck, what is that dude's name in Not Usual Suspects or Pulp Fiction, where they're all I know, I know. they're all named different colors, Mr. Pink, yeah, yeah, Mr. yeah, Pink. yeah. I know you're trying what to think of that. that. That's that's a uh, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir um, Dogs. Uh, he's got the fucked up teeth. He was a New York City firefighter. He what the fuck he, he 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 rode on the rocket in Armageddon. Tried to hump the shit out of that thing. God, I can't think of his fucking name damn right it. now. Now I gotta look up. Ah, Steve Buscemi. Yes. Oh, 
that's who that other guy looks yeah. like. Now I'm going to have to go back and find his <laughs> fucking name. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. What else you got for us, Matt? Should we lighten it up? Sure. Even Is though the... my Bigfoot story was pretty light. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. Uh, hmm. No, take your time. It's fine. We're just recording. You can just cut all this. <laughs> no, we leave it in because we are wrong. I'm, I'm leaving it in. Should we do some uh, getting over a breakup with custom Trump tweets? Oh, sure. Getting over a breakup with custom Trump tweets? Yeah, I found some uh, breakup quotes. Okay. And then trumped them. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, so this is a quote uh, by Ernie Harwell, and it says, it's time to say goodbye. But I think goodbyes are sad, and I'd much rather say hello. Hello to a new adventure. These, I'll, I'll, I'll just let you that know. That isn't very funny I'm, to me. No, no it sounds like, like a I'm bad Valentine's Day card. That's the original quote. Oh. That's oh, not the Trumped one. I just read it awkwardly because I don't do, like, chipper shit. <laughs> and I'm not really sure how to. True. But that's, that's the original quote. True. I don't know how to do these things. What is this? emotion people feel like. i have emotion i just don't <laughs> it's have all just the, very angry yeah, emotion. yeah i don't have the positive <laughs> side of it um god damn it now so I what was it again it again <laughs> <laughs> it's time to say goodbye but i think goodbyes are sad and i'd much rather say hello hello to a new adventure mm. that's the breakup a new adventure without you <laughs> <laughs> so if trump had said that it's time to be happy but i think it's very sad and i'm talking about love <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the greatest healing therapy is friendship Ooh. and love. I'm not going to do that one because friend the, zone. The Trump one is pretty close to that, actually. Mm. Um, Johnny Cash said, "You build on failure." So, did you put these through your Trump translator uh -huh. algorithm? Okay. Yeah. Um, Johnny Cash said, "You build on failure. Um, you use it as a stepping stone. Close the door on the past. You don't try to forget the mistakes." But you don't, uh, but you don't dwell on it. Hmm. You don't let it have any of your energy or any of your time or any of your space. Hmm. Um, so if Trump said that, error development, use the alphabet as a sight stone. <laughs> Close the door by. Do not forget sin, but do not live there. <laughs> do not give any of your strengths or some of your time or any part of your places. Hmm. It's very I inspiring. think you would actually say that. Sounds Trumpian. I don't feel like these are going over very well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got for us? Um, you know, oh, fuck. Let's do it. Uh -oh. Okay. Or should we do that in the Patreon? What? Get ragey. Uh, yeah. You want get you want to get ragey in the Patreon? Okay. Mm, I guess. Oh, here. Well, let's do this one. This is a good one. Okay. okay. Georgia's lieutenant governor warned Delta the company Monday that he will block any tax legislation that would benefit the airline unless it reverses its decision to sever ties with the NRA warning that corporations cannot attack conservatives without consequences. They're doing an attack. He's They're not doing an attack. <laughs> so it's not, here's the thing that pisses me off. Delta's not allowed to have an opinion that's or else the fucking Republicans are going to say, you better believe the way we do, or we're going to do everything in our power to make you fucking pay until you do 
believe like we do, or you support the things we support. And I thought this was a free market. Yeah, I thought they wanted free market, free country, rights and yeah. freedoms. Get out of my, get the government out of my fucking shit. Mm-hmm. If, and if they choose not to associate with that company anymore, they have every fucking right not to associate with that company anymore or that yeah. organization because it's not a company really. Yeah, and if the company chooses to not associate with anything else, then that should be up to the company's board and chairperson. Mm-hmm. Delta, the Atlanta, Atlanta-based airline, or I guess as they say, Atlanta. 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 The state, Atlanta. The state law, they don't call it that. Oh, the state law, <laughs> the state lawmakers have weighed reinstating this year a once lucrative fuel tax break that has since expired. But Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle, who is a Republican gubernatorial candidate, blasted the airline's decision to end the relationship with the NRA in the wake of the Parkland, Florida high school shooting earlier this month and threatened to block the bill. That's fucking blackmail. So he's pitting he's pitting the NRA against another business. So he's mm-hmm. basically yeah. saying, if you're not going to support this business, then I'm going to fuck with your business. Yeah. Yeah. You have to support the NRA. You have to yeah, do it. Exactly. Or I will fuck with your business. Yeah. How is that legal? It shouldn't be. Over the weekend, Delta released the statement cutting ties with the NRA. The airline said it would end the NRA's contract for discounted rates through our group travel program. We will be requesting that the NRA remove our information from their website, Delta tweeted Saturday. So, yeah, it's just it's interesting that they're that they're so aggressive about defending the NRA. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what, what, what do you fucking care, dude? I mean, they're they're doing fine. Yeah, it makes you wonder what kind of power yeah. and sway the NRA has over him, right? As a politician, yeah. that that's he exactly would, that he would be like, "No, you have to support the NRA because they've given me a ton of money, From and the- they're going to be really angry if I don't tell you, yeah. and yeah. if I don't do whatever I have to to make sure that you still support. If I want this business that gives me a shit, if ton I want to keep getting kickbacks, I've really got to put it out there that yeah, I'm I gotta on their step side. Step up my game and make sure that Delta doesn't fuck over the NRA. Yeah. What a fucking crooked, corrupt, bullshit government we have. Mm-hmm. Um, Delta added that it once withdrew a sponsorship from the theater company that staged a rendition of Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, Caesar which portrayed Caesar as, Donald, uh, as a Donald Trump-like figure. I would like to see Julius Julius Caesar because then <laughs> that would that would explain yeah. the the like the orange Julius and stuff, right? Like it gets all frothy and foamy because they shake it yeah. up so much. Yeah, it's had a it's, Julius seizure. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like the small or the Michael J. Fox? <laughs> Shaking my head. <laughs> I like Michael J. Fox. So do I. You said that last time I made a Michael J. Fox joke. <laughs> um, Delta supports. This is another quote from Delta um, that they support all of their customers but will not support organizations on any side of any highly charged political issue that divides our nation. But Cagle's warning to Delta reflects a stance some state lawmakers are taking in the aftermath of Delta's decision. If Delta is so flush that they don't need that they don't need NRA members hard-earned travel dollars, it can certainly do without the $40 million tax break they're asking Georgia taxpayers for, uh, said former state Senator Rick Jefferies a candidate for lieutenant governor who voted in favor of the tax break during the, his time in the Senate. Um, Delta isn't saying that they don't want conservative no. patrons. 
And well, as a matter of fact, the deal they had with the NRA was NRA members got deals on flights. Right. And, and so now they're going to get more money from those people because they're not going to give them the fucking deal anymore. So. And, and if he views it that way, then when Delta was supporting the NRA, they don't, they're saying they don't want liberal customers. Right. Like either way, they're, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure he's fine with that. Oh, I'm sure he would be. Yeah, and I, but, and but I, I can respect Delta's position of right. Look, this is just way too politically we're just hands charged. Off. We're, yeah. yeah, we're just we're, we're just, not going to deal with this. Right, but it's just another time. It's just again where conservatives are unable to see the turn the argument around. Yeah. They yeah. can't do it. Yeah, they can't do it. They can't think. Oh, well, if I was on the other side, I'll never be a fucking liberal, and I'll if force I, you. I will force you to see do it what way. I yeah. want you to yeah. do and, and to act in a way that I want you to that aligns with how I believe. Fuck everybody else. Yeah, small I don't care about them, but you have to do what I want you to do. Small right? government. Yeah. Like, fuck you, Delta. I'm gonna go fly American Airlines, and, who has never had any dealings with NRA. <laughs> and Obama was a was an executive order government overreach dictator. Yeah. Sure. Right. Um. Uh, United Airlines also notified the NRA they wouldn't be they would no longer offer a discounted rate for the NRA's annual meeting. Good. So, good. Fuck the NRA. I saw Dana yeah. Lesh out on the out making the rounds on the Sunday programs defending the NRA and just spouting lie after lie after lie and being just a generally shitty, terrible, awful fucking human being. And Tracy walked into the kitchen while I was watching it and getting lighting switches prepared and everything. And she's like, ooh, she, she's pretty. And I'm like, yeah, she's she's got a nice exterior, but inside is all fucking evil and darkness. She's a rotten, horrible fucking human being. <laughs> I do not like Dana. And well, and I, and and I, I told her, I'm like, like her I'm just waiting for Dana Lesh to trot out her, her line that she said previously about... Uh, and I've played it on the show a few times, Dana Lesh's quote about these tragedy dry humping whores mm-hmm. who are who are using the deaths of their children to push an as, agenda. As, yeah, to push their own political agenda. And it's like, you fucking rotten piece of shit. So, yes, why don't you people stop supporting policies and candidates who want to lower the criteria and let every Tom, Dick and Harry from every hotbed terrorist activity cell around the world into the United States? Because we've kind of had about enough of it. I'm really tired of hearing people attack the NRA. You know, I had a fender bender in a Taco Bell parking lot one time, and I didn't call AAA and go off on them and accuse them of being responsible somehow for this. It is sickening to me that we have an administration that promised to keep Americans safe, and they haven't kept Americans safe. We've had beheadings in Oklahoma, a terror attack in San Bernardino, a terror attack in Boston, a terror attack at the Naval Yard, a terror attack in Chattanooga, a terror attack at Fort Hood, and every single one of these people were showing signs exhibiting something but our blessed government the government that says it's going to protect you its number one job is to keep americans safe they didn't do it and now they want to make sure that you're not able to protect yourself and pick up their slack I have a problem with this. I have kids. I have a family. I also value innocent life. I value my life. And I have a major problem with this. I also have a major problem with all of these tragedy, dry-humping whores. I do have a problem with them, and I'm not watching my language because it's about time that somebody call you out for what you are. You sicken me. If if there were a hell that anybody should go to, Dana Lesh would be right up toward the top of my list of people who should go there. She's a terrible fucking human being. Michael J. Fox and then Dana Lish. <laughs> <laughs> I like Michael J. Fox. <laughs> I do too. 
We got we got shake. Right not a whole row. lot of time left. You got to short something. Sure, sure I do. Short something. A short something. Well, not that something, but you know, like an article. <laughs> uh, yeah, this will work. <clears throat> an organization of atheists and agnostics has taken issue with a prayer circle held after a high school basketball game in northeastern Kentucky recently. Mm-hmm. Players, cheerleaders, and coaches from cross-country rivals West Carter High School and East Carter High School. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We've run out of names for our high schools. <laughs> Just give them geographical locations well, the, in front of their names. We really like Carter. Yeah, the problem is Kentucky's had one cool guy, <laughs> Carter. <laughs> so now it's like, well, we want to be called Carter High. We are Northwest Carter High. Oh, we're already Carter High. So you're East Carter High, fucker. We're, we're East Southeast Carter High. <laughs> we are 5.1 by 3.6 degrees <laughs> south by 389 degrees north Carter High School. <laughs> uh, gathered on the court and joined hands in prayer after the game on January 26th, according to a post on West Carter High School's Facebook page. Mm. A photo of the prayer of the prayer time was posted with the caption that said, in part, what a way to end the game. Hashtag Comet Pride. Hashtag we are Carter country. I'm guessing this is a public school. Uh, yes. Yeah. You can't fucking do that. Uh-huh. The Freedom From Religion Foundation issued a news release Friday asking that school employees stop praying with students and and saying the, s the school shouldn't be using its official page to endorse religion. The organization sent a letter to Carter County Superintendent Ronnie Dotson <laughs> on February 6th saying that federal courts have held that uh, even a public school coach's silent participation in student prayer circles is unconstitutional. These coaches' uh, conduct was unconstitutional because they endorsed and promoted religion while acting in their official capacities as school district employees, the letter mm -hmm. states. It further argues that the posting on the West Carter Facebook page constitutes an endorsement of religion which violates the Establishment Clause. Quote, we ask that Carter County Schools commence an investigation into the complaint alleged and take immediate action to stop any and all school-sponsored prayers occurring within any district ath district athletic programs, the letter states. It also asks that the district remove any posts on the distri district's social media pages promoting religion and make sure the staff members respons responsible for the post are, are counseled that such conduct is not to be repeated in the future. The letter states, that a concerned local resident reported the prayer to the organization. As of Tuesday night, the photo was still visible on the West Carter High School Facebook page. The prayer circle was held just days after the school shooting that left two students dead at Marshall County High School, and about a week after the 25th anniversary of a school shooting that left a teacher and custodian dead at East Carter High School. <laughs> so both schools have had shootings at them? One was Marshall County. They didn't much care for Carter. The Carter shootings. They liked Marshall instead. Oh, right. We are Marshall. <laughs> and the other one was East Carter. Good thing I go to West Carter High School. We ain't got no <laughs> shooting yet. <laughs> we had a slingshot shooting one day. Doesn't affect us down <laughs> here. Well, thank you all very much for listening this evening. I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. Before we do, I want to remind everybody that this is episode 196, which means we are but four episodes shy of number four 
400. 400. Yes. Woo! We're, wait. F- we're four episodes shy of episode 400. This no, is episode no. 147. Episode, <laughs> episode 200. Uh, that will be coming up this month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, March. By the time listeners well, hear this, it'll be March. It'll be this month. <laughs> and so, if you would like to promote something on the show, congratulate us on the 200th, both. That would be awesome. We would love to play your clip uh, for us that you would send in to us at godlessrevolution at gmail.com. If that is too difficult for you, you may also send it to us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash godlessrevolution. Uh, send us your congratulations, thanks, heartfelt, what have yous. Or just say fuck you. And, and, <laughs> and feel free to promote whatever you'd like while you're saying fuck you that we'll play during the show sometime. <laughs> uh, but we'd love to hear from you, our listeners, and from other shows who want to promote your stuff on this one. That would be awesome as well. So send those in to us right away so that we can sort through them, get them cataloged and ready to air during episode 200. That should be a whole lot of fun. I look forward to hearing from all of you, or at least some of you out there in listener land. I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be Michelle Short, Christy Kalbach, Camille Borowski, Numania, Alan Firth, Gatheist, Larry Wilson, Dr. Dan Metz Boston, the 2SE Podcast, to whom we pledge loyalty, Janet Uter, Let Them Eat Coffee, Stephen Andrews, Marius Kotbuchakowski, Rob Otto, Vanessa Lowe, Utah Outcasts, Tim Jacobson, Matt Tuller, Megan Kennedy, Andrew Vodapich, Brandy Hamrick, Jeremy Goodson, Angelica Pearson, Wesley Aaron, The Purple Dragon, and Taylor Grin. Thank you all very much. Yes. We really, really appreciate it. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can pledge as little as $1 per episode to hear bonus episode stuff and extended episodes and extended outtakes, all kinds of fancy fun stuff. Uh, you can go out there and see all the different rewards that we have. Thank you all very much for listening. And so until next week, crucify people who don't use the Bible as correctly translated. Grab your Gilgamesh and leave a review. <laughs> Rate the show five times a day toward little seizures. <laughs> <laughs> With a pocket of heart If you listen close You can hear him cry Oh Lord Heaven knows We belong Way down below Sing it Oh Lord Heaven knows We belong Way down below Way down below Way down below Judy's in the front seat Picking up trash Living on the dole Gotta make that cash Won't be pretty Won't be Sing it up.
When they did the heavy lift rocket, they 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 because usually they've been landing them out in the ocean on a barge yeah. on that remote control drone barge. Yeah, but this one they landed them on land, on two pads that weren't that far apart. So mm-hmm. the one camera angle caught both of them simultaneously landing at the same fucking time. Simultaneously, simultaneously at the same yes. time. <laughs> I had to, I had to double it up because it was fucking crazy. I like, like how we both said that simultaneously <laughs> at the same time. 